Welcome to the Recycler Podcast. Hello, Peter. What's new today? Well, I'm in a different office today, Dave. I moved back into our uh, official Lightwords office in Cheshire in the UK, given up the uh, home office and thought we'd make the, uh, the step back. But no, we've got uh, some interesting topics to talk about. We've got a look at the UK uh, consumer inkjet cartridge market. We're going to, uh, you know me for reports, anyway. we're going to dive into a report from which the uh, consumer reports organisation here. Going to do that. We're going to look at uh, firmware issues, as that's been a rather large topic of conversation over the past uh, week. And then I'm afraid to say we've got to get the red ink out. In fact, I think the red ink already out because we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the Q2 results from Canon, from Xerox, from Konica Minolta and Kyocera. And boy, do we need some, <laughs> some red ink okay, there. Okay, that's good. So yeah, lots let's to talk about today. Which don't? report? Okay, I that's love good. this well, report. I've read it and it's great. It, um, is, a, it is a really well-written report, isn't it? It is. I mean, for people outside of the uk who don't know which is like the tough in germany it really is they analyze everything from a consumer perspective you know so it could be washing machines tvs and once a year they they do a report about inkjet consumables laser consumables the best printers to buy and it is really informative from a consumer perspective so this year they tested 28 branded inkjets from the OEM brands to lesser known brands and the results were amazing. Out of the 28, the, the leading OEM brands, HP, Epson, Brother, they featured at the bottom of the list. A lot of the lesser known brands got the five-star rating in terms of print quality and uh, value for money. And and I think it's great because too often, you know, there's a, a report commissioned by the OEM which says everything in the aftermarket is bad and you get a report by the um, aftermarket and they say, well, everything is good. And then you get a consumer-led magazine that just turns around and says, this is what we tested, this is what we've... And they really address some of the problems, you know, like, oh, they don't work. And quite clearly they said they do. But again, they added the caveat. If you've bought a, a HP printer with dynamic security, HP, your aftermarket cartridges might not work. And that's absolutely down to HP because they activate the dynamic security and it locks out the aftermarket cartridge. But we'll come on to that a bit later because yeah it's a it's a really interesting report this one yeah. I, I, there's a couple of things that because I, I paid my pound for this report to get into it first of all yeah. now, okay that's to sign you up there I, I never signed up for which before but it's it's just a one pound uh, that you pay first of all i think yeah. there's a monthly subscription at nine pound 75 a month but you can cancel at any time so i think that's really good value because not only did i look at this report but there's a few other reports in which as well about yeah. uh, about printers and so on which i just didn't realize existed so great information there i thought it was really really thorough that in the way that they they went about it um, as well and you're quite right that the oems did not fare quite as well as they may may have liked to have uh, done there but i think it was also interesting that this is a this is not a small 
survey. This was over eight and a half thousand Connect panel members, and these are their. This is their own which panel there. So eight and a half, over eight and a half thousand people who yeah. contributed to this study. So this is a big study here. This is not to be taken lightly. This study. They also looked at where you go to buy your cartridges as well. You know, and looked at things like customer services, the range of ink that's available, and so on. They compared online with with the high street, and I think they also noted somewhere they found one Epson brand of cartridge that was over four times the price of the compatible there. You know, that's a big delta, a big difference oh, there. It goes to um, show how much money they're making. Well, yeah, but that's another story. We'll come on to that one when it comes to profitability a bit later on as well. But no, so it was interesting there. They, as you say, they did debunk some myths, you know, about clogged prints heads and leaking cartridges, all those things that you tend to hear. I mean, how many times have we been here on these on these misnomers over the past 15 or so years on you know, leaking cartridges, clogged print heads and so on, and these things that are thrown at the um, at the aftermarket. A couple of things that shot out at me from that there was that only 3% of the respondents thought that compatible print quality was poorer than the original. And many of the compatibles achieved, you know, top, top marks for print quality, which yeah. was interesting. Although some 30% of people were worried about leaks damaging their printer but actually only four percent had that problem there so 96 percent of people no leaks whatsoever four percent of people were concerned about the cartridge not working that means 96 percent you know didn't have any concerns whatsoever there and that was debunked as well there so it, it was interesting study i did also dig around and i thought what was also interesting within which was that they also have in there a study about the comparison of subscription services the hp instant inc yeah. and the epson ready print go services and that's another interesting one not for today for us to delve into but i think that'll be another subject that we should maybe put on the uh, on the back burner to talk about no i quite agree with you i mean it's quite enlightening there's some information again for another uh, program about instant ink and just some of the data that hp are capturing from your instant ink subscription but that's for another day as i yeah. say you know aftermarket Nine out of ten OEMs, two out of ten really. You know, in this witch report, and yeah. but clearly, I think there is now quite a clear mindset. You know, the, I saw a report I think last week where forty-three percent of consumers would change brand, where even eighteen percent, you know, who have say taken a, a cheaper brand will stick with it. And we'll come on to Inkjet a bit later, but it, it tells me that the days of that OEM brand exclusivity are numbered. I think the quote from Harry Rose, yeah. who is the editor of Which Magazine, and I'll quote what he says here verbatim. Choosing third-party cartridges should be a personal choice and not dictated by the make of your printer. If you are in the market for a new printer, it might be best to avoid HP if you don't want to fork out for expensive HP ink cartridges. That's a, um, a very powerful statement. Absolutely. From, a, you know, from an independent study... Yeah. From uh, you know, in the consumer domain, at a time when a lot of people are buying printers to use in the home and in the home office, and they're obviously going to be focusing their mind probably in the next 30 to 60 days on the next cartridges that they need to buy. The savvy shopper is going to be shopping around, and there's a lot of savvy shoppers out there, yeah. yeah. Which, which brings us into this other point that I don't think I really 
focused in on in this report about this concern about cartridges not working, which really goes to this question of um, updating printer firmware. We, we had um, a few issues, haven't we, just recently about printer firmware. Well, yeah, our old friends Hewlett Packard issued 17th of March, they issued some firmware updates that basically locked out working cartridges. So you've got to imagine it's the height of the pandemic. People are being told to work from home. Homeschooling is uh, very much in its infancy. And there you are, you, you've got your printer at home. You've probably picked up a set of cartridges. You know, they're okay, I need them. And you put them in and massive frustration. They don't work, you know, and, and that's because HP, you know, did the firmware update and they locked them out. But that's not the end of the tale. Fast forward, they did another update on the same printers, which had exactly the same effect. So in the space of three months, they've locked out aftermarket cartridges twice. So I think my advice to anybody is, you know, if you've bought one of these printers, then disable firmware updates, because if you do, you can, you'll be able to use lower cost, equal quality uh, cartridges. If you want to know which cartridges to buy, pay the pound, get the witch report uh, and, and find the brands that are there because you don't need to buy those HP cartridges. And frankly, if you've got an HP cartridge printer that is doing this, I mean, it, depending on how much you paid for it, I'd, mm. I'd really consider getting rid of it and, and buying something that's uh, less intrusive in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, for the sake of balance, you know, not all firmware upgrades are bad. No, some, no. Of them, some of them are, are you know, necessary. You know, it could be for a Wi-Fi issue, your connectivity issue, or, or whatever there. But we or a we security fix. Yeah, security <laughs> and security is a big issue, especially as people are working from home and using these devices. There, security is a big issue. We talked about that in the last podcast here. Yeah. Honestly, but, if if a if a car manufacturer upgraded the engine management unit so you couldn't drive into a shower garage or something like that and, and refill up your car the backlash would be catastrophic but i just find it from a as a consumer you've bought this printer and then hp can just say no you can't use those cartridges anymore i just think it's wrong here we go my that's advice the, to anybody is position, that's the same position that titira took as well i was um yeah. they, they were very quick to to jump on this one javier martinez um I forget what his role is now. At, uh, He's the president. Uh, president, uh, sorry. I, in that case, yeah. Javier, if you're listening, I apologise. <laughs> president of Itera. Um, but he was very quick to denounce this upgrade, that it could stop consumers from using a reuse uh, cartridge. Yeah. I know it's, he's very passionate on this subject, and uh, rightly, rightly so. I mean, uh, but they were very quick to denounce this. Yeah, there's a story recently where yeah, uh, a care home, you know, and you know, and in in this pandemic, uh, you know, care homes dealing with uh, our elderly uh, and infirm, you know, are, you know, they're at the front line in this pandemic. So, this firmware update comes out, it locks out their cartridges, and they're basically wasting time, energy, and resources running around trying to find cartridges that will work in this printer when really their efforts should be focused on, you know, supporting the people that they're, you know, responsible. And for me, you know, I'm sorry, HP, 
that's like none zero out of ten for you know you're exploit you're exploiting the pandemic in my humble opinion. I I, I guess for, for for me I'm I, I guess I'm I'm disappointed because this is this is this example you just quoted here from from Richard uh, Paintman actually at World of Inks Limited in the UK here about this care home who who contacted him during the the pandemic you know they were having problems with some HP 903 XLs and 53 XL carts there um, they bought these cartridges online you know they hadn't bought them from him but um, you know he intervened he help them out with some uh, replacements because they got this message up on the printer saying that the cartridge was damaged, couldn't be used. I, you know, I don't know what their circumstances were at that time, but I can only but imagine being in a care home and needed to print documents probably quite urgently, I would imagine, given what's been going on in care homes during the pandemic. Um, so, you know, I think it's just, it's just disappointing when you hear things like this and you hear this is the consequence this is where the rubber hits the road to use that mechanism of, of sometimes these upgrades of the inconvenience and the practical inconvenience that these these things cause here and I think that's what, what I felt I felt just disappointed that an industry you know we could do this type of thing at this time that has, has that impact I mean if you've got to do the, do the firmware upgrade, I understand, you know, they have their reasons, fair enough there. But at least think about the consequences of what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's, for me, was the disappointment. I'm just disappointed. See, I, I think, to a certain extent, Hewlett-Packard has shot themselves in the foot here. Um, for the simple reason, I've always painted, you know, the aftermarket, Oh, that's bad. It's counterfeit. It doesn't work. It's poor quality, etc., etc., etc. But these actions are really, you know, people are saying, "Well, I don't want to buy a printer that does this. I don't want a big company telling me what I can and can't buy." You know, etc. You know, and 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 I think, you know, the more they do that, the more they will drive consumers away. And crucially. It, Two or three years ago, if a firmware update came out, the consumer would, you know, tear a, a strip off of the cartridge provider. Say, Your cartridges don't work, don't work. Now people are becoming more aware that HP is active in locking out consumables and now they suddenly realize actually it's, it, it's not the person that supplied me the cartridge this is hp so they're turning off their uh, automatic update of firmware but at the same time you know it means the aftermarket has to you know rework the chip or whatever and make it but it it starts to build a a loyalty a brand loyalty to uh, the aftermarket because the, everybody's impacted in the channel and hp is seen as uh you know the 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 bogeyman so i guess it also left me thinking a little bit and maybe it's a subject for another day but i recall it was actually just back in i think in january when we was at paper world at uh, the uh, Reman Expo, the Brimcon seminars there, and we did a, a look at um, HP's strategy. And I'm reminded of at that point in time how um, the talk at that point was about this two tier pricing strategy of. Um, 
uh, of a of a higher price but a completely open platform, and a and a lower price. You know, if you committed to HP supplies, there. I would love to know where we are with that now, post pandemic, because if anything, you know, there is this golden opportunity here to, you know, clear up a lot of this history in the eyes of the consumer who in the next 60 days is going to be needing more ink because they're printing more at home and these new printers, their starter cartridges are going to be running out. You know, this is going to be the time when they've come back to printing, having drifted yep. away from it. This is the opportunity here to show ourselves in a good, in a good light. And I'm just concerned that we're going to squander that opportunity here and and in a way that that strategy that hp articulated there was was in a way very commendable you know very yeah. commendable here but there seems to be a disconnect yeah that, that doesn't you know that, that strategy that they uh, advocated you know last autumn uh, and we talked about it in frankfurt uh, there, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that that strategy is you know being implemented what you've got at the moment is this just massive reaction to covid in terms of you know uh, corporate printing is down yeah. Um, so the the you know the, the the cost per page revenues are down. They're seeing consumer demand for you know cartridges grow, uh, and and there's a backlog in the channel with some models, uh, and you know, I guess the the up the firmware upgrade is is about trying to you know protect that revenue stream because they're under pressure across the board and. If, if I'm really, and, and I know we've talked a lot about HP, but we're going to talk about Canon and Xerox as well in a, uh, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not to bash the, the, HP. This the, is not whole, the whole OEM business model of selling printers cheap and consumables expensive probably worked 20, 30 years ago, but today it, it's not really a working, it's not a viable model because it 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 breeds proliferation and you know everybody's got a printer now at home some people uh have got three or four um you know in the cupboard or whatever and that model has to, to flip around you then go to like the big copier site it's over spec overpriced and underutilized anyway, you know they get anyway, five years on. Old anyway, let's move on ten to years uh, left canon. inside That's of them quite really easily in your uh ballywick <laughs> Yeah, let's um, let, let's take a look at some of the OEM results. And uh, <laughs> funny, we were just talking about ink. Boy, when I when I was printing out these results here, I think I could have done with a new uh, <laughs> several new um, cartridges of yellow and magenta ink for the amount of red uh, red I've uh, printed out on the pages of the financial results of Canon, of Xerox, of Konica, Minolta, and Kyocera. Yeah, this is the start of. Th- reporting uh, for Q2 uh, 2020. And I just want to go through some results here. And I I just want to flag up a couple of things before I dive into this, that these may not be be apples to apples comparisons, but there's some interesting comparatives in here. And I'll try and use some comparative numbers as I go through these. And I should also add that I'm not a financial expert. I'm not here giving you financial advice. You know, I'm just um, just reading a few numbers from what I've seen in the in the in the documents that I've that I've read here. But there's some interesting points in here that are worthy of flagging up. So, 
Q2 2020 results from Canon. Uh, uh, I quote here, they sank into the red for the first time on a quarterly basis due to the rapid decline in annual demand and constrained business activity. That's the uh, official statement in the uh, in the results here. For the group overall at Canon there, they were down uh, when you compare Q2 2020 to Q2 2019. That's a year-on-year -year comparison. I'll just call it year-on-year -year as I go forward. They were down 25.7%, which equates to around about uh, $2.2 billion um, of, of revenue on that quarter they were down by. In the office segment in particular, they were down 30.2% year-on-year, and that, that amounts to around about $1.17 billion. So big numbers, big numbers for Canon here. Um, a little bit of sunshine for them that um, inkjet printer Q2 units were up by 9% year-on-year, but they still think that full year um, that they'll be down overall by about 1% uh, on inkjet printers. But revenue on inkjet printers is positive for them. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there is that evidence there coming through that inkjet printers are, have got an upside coming through. Yeah. What will also show through is, yeah, how much their big customer HP is going to buy from them, from them mm. in Q, Q2 and Q3. Interesting. So they, they then went on to talk about 2020 uh, full-year forecast or full-year outlook, as they call it there. And they said to expect only a gradual recovery in their performance and that they intended to implement further structural reforms due to the unexpected deterioration in, business, in the business environment. I love the understatement here. If, if I'm, I mean, I was just listening to Willie Walsh, the, the chief at IAG group that owns British Airways and uh, the, the Spanish airline and Aer Lingus. Yeah, he doesn't expect the airline industry to come back much before 2023. And talking to people in the... OEM sector you know, in recent weeks and they're all saying it could be 2022, 2023 something similar before they see revenues back or near you know sort of 2019 levels. There will be hot spots like Inkjet you know that corporate print uh, level you know is still some way away you know you get organisations you know that saying well work from home is going to be in place and till at least next summer. Yeah. I think, you know, you're, you're absolutely right there. In fact, I speak to one OEM the other day and um, he de he described it as a as a fog yeah. trying to forecast at the moment. And yeah. he said fog just hasn't lifted and it shows so nine, no signs whatsoever blowing away. Yeah, I agree. You know, but that said, there are people in the industry making money. We're talking about... Small business owner this week, and she was telling us that this year has been good for her. consumables, printers, you know, her whole sort of you know, OEM aftermarket reuse concept is being well received. And she's launching two new websites in the next month or so, and business is good. Yeah, talking, it's to it's some, it's talking to somebody in Greece just what a week ago, and he's got a hundred schools under. Um, MPS, I guess you would call it, but the school, he is making money out of that as well. So it isn't all doom and gloom. But no, what, I do, what I do see is the economy is challenged, which is always a positive thing for the reuse community because people start to look at, you know, value and cost and people are making those decisions. But what's different now compared to the 2008 
recession is that in 2008, people were more reluctant to switch brands, whereas here we are 12 years later and people are more confident to switch brands and and that's a good thing and as i say when people do switch if they get a positive experience like you saw in the witch report then that oem is losing that customer Mm -hmm. yeah no you're right you're right so i was just going to throw out a few other numbers here i've got a few more here um xerox q2 2020 down 35.3 year on year versus Q2-19. That equates to around $800 million worth of uh, business that they're down down by. Their colour installs, mid-range products, colour installs there were down in units, down 46%. 46% year on year. Big numbers there. Konica Minolta, another one. Yeah. Um, In the office group specifically, down 30% year on year. That equates to around about um, to a missing um, three hundred and eighty-three million dollars. Taking a look at uh, Kyocera, they put a number out here of uh, down twenty-seven point six percent year on year, and that equates to some two hundred and forty million dollars as well. You add all up just those those four up there, just in terms of missing revenue, you know, revenue that we're we're down by. That's around two point seven. $2.6 billion worth of revenue yeah. that's missing from the uh, from the industry. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge number. Uh, and I think some of the OEMs are going to look seriously at those numbers and the future and probably make some, have to have to make some tough decisions. Well, I think you're right. And this is, I think, why we, if you read, when you read these through, every one of these OEMs talks of, you know the the move into they all use different terminology, but to you know to support um, office solutions or to support software and services, enhanced mobility, security. They're all pivoting incredibly quickly into you know into IT services. I think you know that is the big change that we're seeing now yeah. at an OEM level. Yeah, I think you're right. Doesn't mean paper's going away. It doesn't mean this business is going away, but we're entering another era of change for our industry, which is uh, quite fascinating, quite fascinating. Yeah, I I think in a business now, whoever owns the network in the business or whoever is responsible will end up having a significant input into what gets put on the network whether it's a printer or a scanner or any sort of device and so almost if if you're a traditional copier dealer you're having to sell to the it company and the company itself but you know one that's again it's another subject for another day but one i was reading a little bit about here and i apologize if i've got this quite not quite right yet i need to study it a bit more i was interesting to note how kind of coming out to looking at the same software opportunity and how they were examining the role that they can play, especially with smaller businesses, in being much more as their almost as their server and the role of the actual copier being an OMFP being far more of a of a hub device at the centre of the network 
whether that be for, for storage or for security or for other functionality there. And I say, I apologize if I haven't got this quite right, but they were they were actually almost articulating, if I read it correctly, about repositioning the MFP to encompass bigger and bolder functionality within small businesses. Yeah. Well, that was a very interesting transition. There's no reason why, as a small business, your server can't be built into that big MFP. And it could be your IT center. It can be your phone center. It can be everything. It can be that that office communication center. Oh, and it happens to print and scan as well. Exactly, yeah. And I thought that was really... I was really intrigued by that, and I'd love, I'd love to know more about that about that trend. I've got more work to do on that particular topic area. Another subject for another day, David. Maybe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, lots to talk about. Yep. So, well, I think good. we've we've covered inkjet quite a lot, but I just say that here we are, look, weeks on since the pandemic, and uh, you know the demand for inkjet is still there. Consumables. Uh, certainly OEM consumables are in short supply and I get a sense from the people I'm having conversations with that sustainability is getting higher on the buyer's agenda. I can well believe that. I can well believe that. You yeah. you hear so many references now. I see it in, in wide format market yeah. all the time. Concerns about levels of PVC being consumed at the moment. It's just one example, but no, sustainability and the environment, they're, but, they're moving but up. Even, even one of the big OEMs, Lexmark, you know, in Europe, their focus has changed now. I mean, and don't get me wrong, they're one of the more proactive OEMs that, you know, along with Rico, that are actively remanufacturing. They're moving their focus away from pure recycling to reuse you know and that's going to be welcome because you know that that means that the reuse market will grow and the products get recycled whether it's printers or cartridges and and i just think that's a really good thing and that's you know a a big positive for uh everybody it it comes back to this question of of choice and and this opportunity exists right now you know What's going to happen here is your, you know, your your, your mom and pops and the, you know, your your home office workers are going to be going out to buy cartridges now. They're actually looking, to, I think, to make an informed choice and sustainability and the environment is a is a part of that. It would be it'd be an interesting study to do to see to tag on the back of this witch report here as to you know whether people are making a decision and looking at that issue or not. But right yeah. now, it's not at front of mind. It's it's not at front of of message, not mind, of message, not a front of message when it comes to buying a printer or to buying, you know, the supplies that go through it. That's true. But awareness is rising. So we're, we're sort of coming in. I've got one little uh, story. Oh, you uh, an, have you got an end finally for us? I've got an end finally for us, yes. In the United States, the Environmental Protection Agency went out for consultation uh, about a list of products, reused products, to build the list, government agencies you know, can access to buy reused products. So on that list, historically, have been remanufactured cartridges. Sorry, remanufactured toner cartridges. NASA responded. NASA spends about half a million dollars a year on remanufactured toner cartridges. And they suggested that new cartridges could also be bought where there's an amount of you know, recycled content in it, which, you know, that that would sort of sit in, in an OEM sphere. Other people suggested that reused 
remanufactured inkjet cartridges should be added to this. So th- there was some active participation there. But what was disappointing out of the 114 pe- people, companies that responded, only three responded about um, cartridges. So you you had uh, and if I've got it got the the name wrong I apologise the National the Institute for the Blind uh, Clover Imaging and NASA uh, and they all made positive contributions to the EPA in terms of cartridges I thought what was disappointing was that more remanufacturers had not responded and there was nothing from you know the american trade association but maybe there was maybe i missed it but i sort of didn't find it when i did the the search of the responses yeah who knows one day there'll be a reused cartridge on the moon or on actually today <laughs> you know yesterday the you know that the, the spacecraft went off to mars you know maybe one day we'll see you know a remanufactured cartridge on mars Anyway, Peter, thanks for your time today. The sun is shining. I think we're going to have a barbecue this evening. We'll talk again soon. We will. And don't forget, if you want to join us on a podcast in the future, we'd love to have you on here as a guest. If you've got something that you want to say, get it off your chest. Give us a call. Drop us an email. We'll be delighted to uh, help you to join in. Yep, for sure. Okay, Peter, thanks very much.